Good evening, everybody. To God be the glory. Glad to see Mr. Spunky here walking in the door giving jokes already. <laughs> to God be the glory. Someone want to just shout out hallelujah. Come on, you can do better than that from your heart. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is what? There you go. Somebody listening. God is awesome in all of his ways. That's right. Prince of of Peace. That's right. Prince of Peace, wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father. Isn't that right? Amen. And I I tell you, God is so good. You can't even describe. I tell you, one of my favorite Psalms. Is written by Moses. I like four and, and I like the first three verses of that psalm. And let's take a look at it. Emma, Psalms 90. Oh, Darling, just pick a column. Uh, do the King James. I love the King James. Uh, go back up to where you just pull that window down. Go back up to where you enclose that window. Click on there and I go over to the KJ. I mean the Corinthian, First Corinthian one right there. Now go go up to Psalms. There you go. And let's ninety. Let's let's jump on ninety, Emma. Okay, listen, listen what Moses says. Moses, the man of God, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations. Now, when you when you consider that statement, the man of God says, Lord, you have always been with us. Always. And uh, before the mountains were brought forth or ever that thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Woo! That one tears me up every time. I tell you, go Jesus. God is just so wonderful. And uh, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. Just think about that. This is a man that Spent 40 days up on the mountain with God. 40 days and 40 nights. Not once, but twice. 40 day periods. And I just found something out new the other day. And it's not new because it's been in the scriptures for hundreds of years. Literally a thousand. That when you remember reading when... Aaron and Israel had made the golden calf. I did not know or didn't remember that Moses had interceded for Israel for 40 days and 40 nights. That God would not kill Aaron and the rest of Israel. Because God told Moses he was going to. And Moses told them He said, I spent 40 days and 40 nights prostrating before the Lord on your behalf. That's powerful. And so, given that, think about Lord Jesus. How often did he go before the Father on our behalf? All the 
Yeah, and think about even now, the scripture says in Hebrews that there's one mediator between man and God, the man Christ Jesus. And in chapter 7, it says that he lived to intercede for us. That means day in and day out, Jesus is talking to God our Father yeah. on our behalf. And so, every day, all the time. Yes. And then the scripture tells us also that the Holy Spirit also intercedes for you and I. He prays. And when we don't know what to pray for, our spirits moan and groan out to God. That <laughs> God built in every intercessory possible for you and me. <laughs> Go figure. A loving father. Want to make sure you and I are never forgotten. That's wonderful. Thank you, Lord. I, I tell you, and people in this world do. I'm just. I'm angry in a sense, not at sinners. We're missing it. I'm angry at us. Because we're missing it. Because we're missing it. And. They out there, they, they they need to know. Shelly, you can go invite those folks out to say we're doing Bible study. You're welcome to come in until you until you get your uh, call to go eat. <laughs> Let's invite them to the Lord's Supper. The bread of life, his word. The greatest staple in the universe. Amen? Amen. This is the life-giving source. And... Um, I'm still hurting in my body. I got a doctor's appointment January 11th. But I'm also trusting the Lord. I'm going to be honest with you all about something. Become a glass house. I'm, um, I'm having a hard time accepting going to a doctor. Because. I, I. I'm asking God that you have always healed your people. And I keep going back to the scriptures and I haven't found not one case where Lord Jesus didn't heal all the people that came to him. In fact, a lot of the writers there in the gospel, they open up different chapters saying, and he healed all of them. All of them. And so I, I'm, big brother, I'm having a hard time. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit, and I'm before him. And I'm asking him, going, Lord, I don't understand this. Why do we need to go to a man? Well, we got you. So I, I need I need some guidance, Father. I, I, and I hear people say, well, don't die waiting on God. Go to the doctor. But isn't that cutting God short? Mm -hmm. I'm having a difficult time with that. Because I can't see of one case in the scriptures where God told man to go to the doctor first and then come back to him. Maybe he wants to have pain too. I'm not so sure about that. 
And I even looked at two pagans people that Lord Jesus talked about over in Kings. And I looked at the first one, the woman from Zarephath, the uh, Syrophoenician woman who God sent the prophet Elijah to. <coughs> Remember the there was a famine and her last cake and her last yes. oil. And then her son died. And, uh, and Elijah they never ran out of food. Right. It didn't run out of food for three and a half years. Because remember, Elijah had just announced. The dream. He had just announced the drought. Mm. Wasn't there a dream? And he t- the king, he told the king, and the king said, we'll, we'll start stocking up. No, that's Joseph. That's hundreds of years apart. But we're okay with that. You're at least you're thinking on the scriptures. You're trying to get there. That's a wonder, okay? That's a blessing. Your mind is on holy things, okay? Uh, yes. Until God sent his spirit back into him. But the woman, God picked this woman and put Elijah in her path. And for three and a half years, God fed that woman and her son. So she was going to fix her last, and then they were going back. Yeah. So I look at that. Glory to God. Oh, and then gave thank you, Jesus. Yes. Baskets and oil. And and then I think about Naaman, the Syrian general, who actually believed in the God of Israel. Enough to follow instruction. Because remember, he had an Israelite slave as a housekeeper. And she said, there is a man of God in Israel. (laughs) Did y'all get that? There is a man of God in Israel. And he went to the king and got permission. And what happened? He goes down. To where Elisha is. Now remember, Elijah is now gone. Elisha is on the scene. Elijah don't even come out the house. Sends a servant. And the servant tells the general, my master said, go wash in the Jordan seven times. And old Naaman got furious, didn't he? <laughs> what? <laughs> you want me? Bad enough. He really mad because Elisha didn't come out to meet him. Because she's this big king, big general, I mean. But then you want me to go and wash in a nasty river? When we got cleaner rivers back in Syria? He's in Damascus. And he kind of got a little reprimanded there, didn't he? The servant said, well, master, is there harm that the man of God tell you to go wash in the river seven times and for you to be restored? Is there, is there, is there a problem with that? So he went and washed, and immediately his leprosy dried up. But Lord Jesus spoke about those himself. It's hot in here, isn't it? Uh, Can somebody do the honors? And I just want us to give God the glory. Father does whatever he wants to do. But I am having a hard time. Not that I don't want to go to the doctor, but I'm just having a hard time accepting that I have to go to the doctor over God and I shouldn't have to choose 
go to God first and tell him you're going to see that doctor and to give him wisdom and knowledge and everything to find out what's wrong with you and he'll do that. Yes. And, then, uh, and that's what I've been praying. But I don't even want to go to the doctor. I want Lord Jesus to heal me because I want a testimony. I want a testimony for the Lord. That's what I want. And I've been interceding for you daily. I want to see God do great things in there. I want the world to know that our God is our healer. And that's what it says in the Bible in the, these last days that things like that will be happening. You yeah, ask for healing and yes. And that the, uh, the ungodly will see that the godly are prospering and healing. And that's what I want. Let's just praise God for a minute. Father, we thank you and we love you and we glorify your name because you're God and God alone. And Lord Jesus, you are our God. You are a healer. And you are everything, our provider your life itself to us and we believe your word and we you have never ever failed to heal anyone that came to you and even from long distance when you hear the satyrian servant and lord you just spoke the word and instantaneously when that man when the spirit took the word to that man that man was healed and when the satyrian got back home lord jesus he found out that the same hour that he came to you, you had already healed this servant. What a what a witness of your name to, to the Gentiles. And Lord, what a witness to your name here, right here in High Springs, that you will heal us, your two sons, both with heart issues. You will heal us both completely, Lord. Never ever having to go back to a doctor again for heart issues. And Lord, what a testimony. And we know there's nothing too hard for you, Lord God. But it's not about us. It's about your great name. This is your reputation. This is all about you. This is your witness. Holy Ghost, you're here to witness about Lord Jesus. That's what Lord Jesus said, that you would testify about him. And not that you need us to be part of that testimony. We would love and we desire to be a part of that testimony, the testimony of Jesus Christ, because we are his witnesses. And so, Lord, we're asking, Lord, that this night, Lord, heal both our hearts. Heal everything about us, Lord, so that we can tell the world this and this what was wrong with us. But this is what you did. You healed us. And the doctor's the evidence that there's nothing wrong with us anymore. And, Lord, we want people to come and kneel at your feet and say, here I am, Lord. I believe because of your witnesses. And then when they hear your spirit, they say, now I believe because I've hurt you myself. Lord, let it be so tonight. Let it, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, cleanse us and, and renew us and Lord, purify us now in your presence. Have your way now in this Bible study. Lord, let your anointing touch those out on the streets because you're God. Lord, let every devil in hell tremble right now at the, at the command of your voice. Lord Jesus, let every demon just scream out with great agony right now, wherever that demon is. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus, you are Lord. You're the Holy One of God. And we love you. Have your way now, Lord. Father, be exalted. And let your name be exalted far above the heavens and your glory far above the earth. Touch now, Lord. 
touch your children around the world. Lord, let your light so shine in us. Lord, anoint your children now with a fresh anointing around the world. Let the world see we belong to you. And give us that boldness, that confidence now to be greater witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We love you. We praise you. We exalt you. We worship you. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. And unto the Lamb be all glory, honor, and praise now and forevermore. In your precious name, Holy Ghost, come on now. Come on and teach us now. For the children are waiting. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. You can put King James back on First uh, Corinthians 8, please. I, I tell you, there's something else when you and I don't really understand idols, do we? We don't understand what it's like to worship something on the dark side, do we? What do you mean by dark? You mean like they did in the pagan days? You got it, sister. No. You don't know what it's like to walk into a temple that's not named after the one true God. No. Or fall down before a statue. No. But these Corinthians do. Because God pulled them out of it. But there are gods today in this country that you and I have given credit to and we don't even know it. There are idols here right now, 2015, right here in our city, in our state, in our country that's being worshipped every day. And you and I don't even think about it. And when I call some of these out, some of you may get angry with me. And that's okay. Because it's best you know the truth than continue to live and in the shadow of lies. There's a fancy word that we learned in seminary in my master's program called synthesis or yes that's that that was the term synthesis synthesis occurs when people take a little bit of pagan or a whole lot of pagan and they mix it with Christianity more specifically the word of God And when we go over some things today to bring to your attention that in many ways we're no different than the Corinthians were who didn't know about the one true God and therefore their lifestyle was all they knew was surrounded by out of worship. That's the way they grew up. That's the way they lived their daily lives. But we in our country, as far back as we can remember in our short history, we knew 
the real God, based upon the real scriptures. But then we allow our forefathers along the way, whether you came here as a free man or you came here as a slave or an indigent servant, because indigent servants were just as bad as slaves because they were treated in many ways worse. You know what I'm talking about? The Irishmen, the Chinese, Hispanics, you name it. Even certain Italians were indigent servants. Are you from the southern part? Some Swedish and Norwegian people. Yeah. So you don't have, you didn't have to be black to be made to work like slaves. No different was you were free. They paid your way over and you worked for them. <laughs> okay, yeah. But in, in either case, what came across the water with them was also will allow to stay here and become a part of our community, our culture. Okay? Therefore, we don't think it's a sin to mix certain pagan worships in with the one true God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And when I call these things out and give you the history of them, because we are so embedded with them, you may say to me, I'm crazy. These things are harmless. And I've always said, and I have always been taught by older men of God, if the roots of the tree is bad, then the fruits is also bad. Our fruits are, the word verb, are, are, are also bad. So, the Corinthians. Imagine living back then. And you got to pick based upon your family values which God which temple you're going to go to and which one were your favorite and you knew the chief temple the chief God in that temple one of them well the chief one in those days was Zeus and they had all kinds of names based upon the type of thing that was going on fertility agriculture rain war Sun, war, water. water. Oh, somebody been studying. And so, whatever the case may have been, to please these gods also involve eating meat, festivals, feasts. And where you stood, in association with the God was where your family were on the totem pole of society. Were you in the upper social class? Or you're a little Sam and Nelson type <laughs> down at the bottom. Okay? It's where you stood. And so, if you was upper class, you got to go to the temple 
and you got served, and after you ate all that you wanted to eat to this meat that was sacrificed to this idol, you went to the bathhouse and you did your other thing. Whether it was a woman or a guy. Whatever it is, was your choice. Okay? All in the name of your God. And so, the Corinthians, poor God pulled them out of some mess. But that's all they knew. And to them, it was nothing wrong because Zeus was their God. Aphrodite was their goddess. And a whole host of others. And your job was to appease the gods. Okay? Alright? Here come a man named Paul. Sent by the Holy Ghost. And he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it tells you there but one true God. And he has a son named Jesus. And the difference is this one true God is a living God. Unlike that stone, that statue you, you all made and worship for hundreds of years, that stone can't do anything for you. But this God, the God of Paul's fathers, Abraham, Isaac. and Jacob. I was picking a card of card with a mouthful. He is the real God associated with real miracles, real signs, and real wonders. Yeah, you go, Bubba. <laughs> And that, and that's and, and and Paul brought the evidence with him. The Holy Ghost was there to testify and to perform and to show. And they wonder how this man can outwit their best philosophers and they seen things happen. And Paul began to give the history of this God, his God, the one true God, and his son Jesus. Zeus did he ever come to earth and have a son? Uh-uh. No. <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> okay? So Paul is up in their face. I mean, he's hitting them between the eyes where it's what? Hurts and where it counts. But the God of Abraham? Not only did he come to earth, but he brought his son too. Well, how was his son birth? Was he have a son named Hercules? No. He has a son named Jesus who came from a real woman. And here's the kicker. She didn't have sex with him. Now you, whoa, now that's some deep stuff. All right. So continue to tell them the story. And not only was he born of a woman who didn't have sex with a man, and certainly not with God, but the Holy Spirit, there's a real spirit here. The creator of the universe came and brought this baby by spirit. 
and place them in the womb of this woman and allow the same kind of conception as if she was having sex with a man to take place and conceived with the seed of God. And human flesh was wrapped around the seed of God and it became one and grew. And nine months later, God birthed his son and grew that baby up. And that baby, after being tempted by the evil one, and they believe there is a bad spirit, okay? The Greek mythology tell you about all these different <laughs> bad warriors, right? But Paul began to tell the story. And it said, and he performed signs and wonders. He even raised the dead. He what? He raised the dead. Not once, not twice, countless times. Well, what else did he do? He healed leprosy. He walked on water. He walked on water. Now you're out of your mind now, Paul. Yes. What else did he do? Two fishes and two. Yeah, multiplied fish and bread and fed thousands. Not once, but twice. Water and wine. Yeah, you name it. I mean, the testimony just goes on and on and on. Which had never been heard of before. And then the ultimate thing happened. Has Zeus ever done this? Because I guarantee you, Zeus never laid down his life. For anybody. Zeus like to take life. <laughs> well, but to show you the one true God, he allowed his son to be killed. And on the third day, he went into Hades. Now, they would have known what Hades is because Hades is Greek, he's the God of the dead. The underworld. Hello. Boy, that's touching now, isn't it? That's different, though. Ah, but they don't understand, though. The word haters is where you get your English word hell from. It's there. He's the God of that, too. Uh, He's the God of of the underworld, too. The God of heaven is also the God of the underworld. And his son went there. Whoa. Not only did he go there, he stripped Hades and grave of the authority. Can you imagine the Greeks now? The gods just got shook up. <laughs> the Greek god world just got shook up. And you know what? Paul is telling the story. And it doesn't tell us in 1 Corinthians how much in detail he told of the story. But he told because it's the gospel. And he shared the gospel story. Okay? And in the gospel story, he said God raised him from the dead. Okay? So it wasn't a, a myth. That man was full of man, full of God. And the angels came and worshipped him. And you know what? 
So you Corinthians that offered meat to these false gods, some of you got serious problems. Because some of you are still holding on to pagan worship. Some of you are still going to the temples. And you're still going to the feasts and you're still going to the festivals. Wow. Let's see. Chapter 8. Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. And knowledge puffs up, but charity edifies. Knowledge. The Greek word there is gnosko. That means intimate knowledge. Now, who is he speaking to? Is he speaking to ungodly people here? Yeah, he's talking to godly people. He's talking to the church. The church of current. And he's letting them know that the knowledge that they have is the knowledge now of the one true God and his son Jesus. But they also had knowledge, didn't they? They had knowledge of the pagan gods. But this knowledge, let's take a look further. And if any man think that he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. Uh, do all of you know everything you're supposed to know? No. I certainly don't. We can always go deeper, right? We can always grow more and more in the knowledge of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not dealing with philosophy here. He dealt with it in the opening chapter of uh, of the book. Okay? He's dealing with something much more. Look at verse 4. I'll go to the middle, middle, middle column now. NIV. So then... Skim, let me go back to verse 3. I don't want to skip over here. But the man who loves God is known by God. What does that mean? God knows him. Do you see the contrast between knowing a, a false God and the one true God? How can a false God know you? It can't, can it? Well, you have faith in them. No matter if you have faith in them and the false gods, they can't never know you. They don't even know you got faith in them. <laughs> He knows. No, no, no. No, we're talking about false gods now. False, false. false If you go back to Isaiah, Isaiah make a mockery of people who worship idols. And so does Jeremiah. How about the people that worship Mahomet? Won't they have a big surprise when they die? Oh, yeah. Jesus comes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now imagine Isaiah says you go out and you chop down a tree and you take a portion of it and you cut it up and you build a fire and you cook your food. And then the other part of it you take and you carve it and you shape it into something you call a god. And then you go and get a blacksmith to fasten these things to it so it doesn't fall over. 
And then you bow down to it and say, you are my God. For you have created me. He said, you're just as dumb as the idol that can't speak. To have eyes that can't see and a mouth that can't speak and hands that can't work and feet that can't move. He said, you're just as dumb as the idol. Those who put trust in him. He said, you just took a piece of wood and cooked your food with it. With one half of it. I mean, he made a mockery of him. And same thing. You take dirt and you make mortar out of it. And then you fashion it into this man-like beast or animal-like thing. And you let it dry and you stand it up and you say it. And you give it a name and say, oh, you're my God and you've done this and that for me. You're no different than the guy that cut down the tree. You get up and walk, you got to take him with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in order for the move, you got to move it. Remember during the days of Ezekiel, they couldn't figure out how the idols in the temple had fallen down. <laughs> God had tottered it. Boom. Um, anyway, he's really getting them here. Well, the idols don't come on clouds. No, ma'am. The idols don't uh, have the hills move. That's right. Go on. You're on, you're on true worship now. Go ahead. Worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Worship the one true God. The idols don't part the water. No, and didn't cause a mountain to shake and catch on fire. I want the mountain. Or a trumpet to blow, right? Did we walk across the ocean today. I look at three, though. Here, here's the. This is it. Doesn't Otter know you intimately? Because God does by His Son Jesus. And idols don't give visions. Idols don't do it. <laughs> but Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Living God, does it all. He spoke to both the seen and the unseen world. He's been in both of them. And he'd been in the underworld. And he, he, I always think that he didn't have to go down and conquer the underworld because he owned it. But just in case they didn't know, he just took everything from them. <laughs> okay? Because the same God of heaven is the same God of hell. Same Lord of heaven is the same Lord of hell. And the earth. Okay? He let him know it too. Yes, he let him know it. To my class. Because the Lord, through the Apostle Paul, yeah. said that God has highly exalted him by giving him a name that's above every name. And at the name of Jesus, what's going to happen, Chrissy? Every knee shall bow. And every tongue will what? confess what are they confessing what is the confession that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father that's the universal confession and um, verse 4 so then about eating food sacrificed to idols we know that an idol is nothing 
at all in the world and that there is no God but one. Mm-hmm. I want to see how sharp you are tonight. What is Paul referencing there in that verse? What is, where, where, is he, where is he talking to them from? What is he, what is he saying to them there? Because he just spoke an old word to them, an ancient word. Huh? What is he talking about? If you're clever enough, you look at your sheet. <laughs> see if you see it. Do you see Deuteronomy 6 4 there? Yep. Is it on your sheet? Yeah. And have you ever heard of the thing called the Shema? S H E M A? Shall I say it for you? Because two people said it out loud in Scripture. The first one being Moses, the man of God. Hear, O Israel, for the Lord is one. Okay? But he said it very specifically. For the Lord our God is one. Lord Jesus Christ says it too. When asked which is the greatest commandment. He said, hear, O Israel. For the Lord is one. And you're the love of your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength. And he added mine last. And with all your mind. Oh, well, put your intellect in it too. So, the Jews in this audience and current would have understood that one. Because <clears throat> Paul put it back in their face. And they slammed the false gods of current. Did they not? I said, your God ain't nothing. This God, our God, he is God. And he's still God now and forever. That's why I told you Psalms 90 for Moses there. From everlasting to everlasting. Your God. Forever and ever. Okay? The Lord is God. So then... There but one God, verse 5, for, for even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many, many lords, yet for us there is but one God. He put it so wonderful there. Yes, there are a lot of false gods out here. Yeah, like demons. And yes, there are a lot of lords. There are masters all over the world. Even today. But it's only one God for us. And that's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. God of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, his Father. Okay? So, look over here. Thank you, Miss Emma. Verse 6. No American stand aside. Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him. And one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we exist through him. Okay, uh, what does that mean? The Father owns us, and the Son keeps us. The Father had the Son bring it to path. The Father is the architect of life. He's the architect of creation. And the Son is the builder of creation. 
Does that make any sense to you? Yeah. That's why I say it through. Because you remember in Genesis 1.26, what did he say? Let us make man in our image. So who just architect life for man? The father did. Mm-hmm. And who carried it out? The son. Not Zeus. Mm-hmm. Or any other false name you want to throw out there. Okay? Now, look very carefully. Verse 7. However, not all men have this knowledge. Where were the Corinthians prior to Paul teaching the gospel, sharing the gospel, preaching the gospel to them? Did they have this knowledge? No. No. (coughs) Because if you recall back in chapter 2, he tells them that God, the mystery of God, have been brought. The hidden mysteries have now been revealed by the Holy Ghost. And what was so wonderful when Paul reported back to the Jerusalem Council, he said they was amazed that the, that, that God had brought salvation to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And Peter stood up and testified, said, yes, he did. The same God, the same Lord Jesus Christ, the same Spirit that saved us, now saves the Gentiles. Well, Paul said, well, that mystery, salvation to the Gentiles, that was once hidden, has now been made known. Lord of all. That's right, the Lord of all. And that was one of the prophecies of David throughout the Psalms. That the nations would do what? Serve God. That the nation would worship God. That the nation would praise God. He would say things like, let all the lands praise him. Let all the coastlands do what? Praise him. Or he would say something like, everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So he's given us a, a world view, a worldwide view of praise to the one true God. Okay? Um, so however, not all men have this knowledge, but some being accustomed to the idol until now eat food as if it were a sacrifice to an idol their conscience being weak is the foul okay so some of these folks who are now saved who didn't know the knowledge of Jesus Christ these same people who go into the math houses the temples of these false gods and worship them and even ate meat to them some of them are now weak in mind because they can't understand why some of you are going in and eat meat that was once offered to idols. And you cause that one brother to get weak in mind and say, probably even think, maybe something like, oh, okay, if Brother May can eat meat to an idol, I guess I can do. And I guess it's okay for me to continue to practice the old ways that I used to practice. If he's done it. Yeah, if he's done it, so it must be okay. 
or I mean, because the word stumble in Greek means to literally cause to go back and sin. Or cause someone else. Yeah. So uh, by you doing that, even though to you it's just meat, because out is nothing. But to that one that's weak, all of a sudden now, they say, oh, Chris is doing it, so I guess it's okay. Let me go in and have me a steak. <laughs> and while I'm at it, I might well go and get me some. <laughs> somebody else you just said, look at them doing it. Yeah. And, and that's what I, as I shared with you all before, I used to tell my army buddies, now, I, I can't go in the bar with you. Because what is that person I've been trying to reach with the gospel all of a sudden say, oh, look at Sergeant Nelson, he's in a bar, he's having a, but don't know there's orange juice in my cup or just Sprite or ginger ale. Right? But I'm there. So if he's there, it must be okay. And then next thing you know, he's coming out of the bar all drunk and falling down. (laughs) But Sergeant Nelson was in there. Well, Sergeant Nelson's not drinking. So oh, he's a better drinker than me. <laughs> so, uh, so you have to be very careful. I remember one day, and I'll move on with the subject after this. Uh, y'all remember when the tattoo shop used to be up here by uh, Floyd's, where the diner is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I took... Um, and I was just being a smart, but that's all I was being. Uh, Shell and Kelly from First Baptist, the two secretaries. And we had gone out to lunch, and I said, hey, let's, let's just go into the tattoo parlor to make some of these Baptists mad in town. You know, I said, a big bald head black guy, y'all bald head black preacher going to the tattoo parlor with two white girls, one on each other. <laughs> Come on, let's go. <laughs> I was just being a smart butt, that's all. <laughs> so we walk in there and, <laughs> and the guy one recognized me, say, Hey Sammy, how you doing? Say, How are you? And then this little old black lady seen me in there. Oh goodness. Did she come up to me? And she whispered in my ear. She said, What are you doing here? Are you gonna get a tattoo? <laughs> And I smiled at her and whispered back and I said, all that the Holy Spirit does. And she does like. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you, you have to be careful about your testimony where you go. And you have to be careful about what you celebrate. Because if you study the origin of Christmas, where did it come from? Study the origin of the lights. Yeah. Go back and study it. But for in 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 the United States, for the past hundred years or longer, we say there's no harm. It's a tree. Um represent Christmas and we give other names but the origin of it is not such uh, think about um, Easter another one 
were associated. How did a binding with colorful eggs get associated with the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Bunnies don't lay eggs. Bunnies don't lay eggs. Bunny lay bunny. Bunny, bunny, bunny have bunnies. <laughs> we gotta have colored eggs because then we get potato salad. Okay. Uh, but go back and think about the name Easter in itself. Well, it was first translated as such in the King James Bible over in Acts where they translated Pascha, Passover, to Easter. Now, how did they gravitate to that? I don't know. And Easter was the Greek, I mean, the goddess of fertility. Um, even a couple of names of our days of our week. Uh, tell me what you know about Thursday. Day before Friday. Yes, and a day yeah. after Wednesday. Right? Yeah, man. Midweek. Okay. Well, let's move right along. In Germany, a little town called Gießen. We have a military base there. We used to go to the commissary and shop there. Well, way back, they had this huge oak tree. And they thought the god Thor. T-H-U-R. You are? T-H-U-R. The letter U and the letter R. Thor was in control. He was the goddess of that tree. And a monk came along and said, oh yeah, well I'm going to show you how powerful Thor is. If he's so powerful, and then the monk cut down the tree and said, let him raise it back up. (laughs) (laughs) So in honor of it, they named the day after the false god Thor. And we call it Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> so, and that's that's the history of Thursday, what we were taught in seminary. And in fact, it's in one of my textbooks around here somewhere. And uh, then, what do you think Sunday come from? The Egyptian sun god. Sunday. For the sun god. So we're rooted and embedded a lot in the pagan worship. Yeah. And sadly, we bring that stuff right in the house of God. Mm-hmm. Synthesis. Synthesis. And my favorite, which is Shelley's lease, the little white. Fat little white, what's his name? Buddha. Wearing a red suit. Santa. Oh, Santa. yeah. Oh, you're talking about the what they celebrate. It's supposed to be Christmas in honor of 
Christ's birthday, right? His birth. How in the world did we get a little fat man and a red suit to come down the chimney? Go ahead. I'm telling you the truth about paganism and how we have mixed them in with the church and in the worship part of church and the body of Christ. And to show you, Zor, that some of the Corinthians who were Christians were now still celebrating the temple. They're going in and sitting out eating meat that's offered to idols. Even though God had delivered them from it, but yet their practices were still there. And in doing so, it caused some of the weaker Christians to stumble, others to sin. We still do the same thing today because we violate the Ten Commandments on this day called Christmas more than any other time. And how so? First you need to know what the Ten Commandment is, right? Thou shall not say it louder. Covet. And how many times we tell our mom or dad or husband or wife, you better get me this. I never see it. Mm-hmm, but you imply. And get mad if the husband <laughs> or the mama or the daddy or the sister or brother or the friend or whoever don't bring it to you. And sometimes we even call that other people, so-and-so got one, why didn't I get one? So you see how we do more than what we realize. We're really no different than the Corinthians. But we're supposed to be the more educated ones in the word of God. Then how is that so? And, and Well, you could be, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're following what you've been taught. At least it is from the word of God. So, verse 8. But fool will not what? But fool will not commend us to God. We are neither the worse if we do not eat, nor the better if we do eat. Is having your belly full of food, is it going to make you a better daughter of Jesus? No. And not having your belly full, will it make you a better daughter of Jesus? No. 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 So, why are we getting caught up on all of this, Paul is saying to the church? Why are we getting caught up on all of this? And why are we trying to enforce something that has no bearing on our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? However, he's going to bring it out. What, what you got? So, if we really bring to the forefront that Jesus is the reason that we're celebrating Christmas, having the Santa Claus as the fun part doesn't 
is okay. That don't for a little don't get caught up in. Once I found out the truth, well, not found out the truth, once I understood what the truth is, I, I, I wrestled with this. And my wife wrestled with it. In fact, she told me, you better not ruin my kid's Christmas. So I'll never forgive you if you do that. That's pretty harsh. Over the truth? I struggled with that too. Don't believe me. But we have to, you have to choose the truth. What Belinda and I did eventually end up doing, we did tell our kids the truth about Christmas and about Easter from the Word of God. And we did tell them we do this for fun because we want to share and give you things. Not that we need a day to do that. Because my my question, and I think Shelly and I, someone just recently talked about this part. If, If Christmas is about giving... And it's supposed to be modeled after the wise men given to Lord Jesus. Then why are we giving to each other? Then why aren't we giving to Lord Jesus? I got to say something. Colby, when we were unwrapping presents, held up. What was it he got? He got something really awesome in the unwrapping. He was so excited. He goes, Mommy, I don't want this. This present's for Jesus. <laughs> okay. So... It's a struggle, but it's a struggle that can easily be defeated if we would just walk in the truth of it. And we do get mad at certain denominations that don't practice Easter, that don't practice Christmas. And we say, that out of their mind, they're just crazy. No, they're not. Because Christmas was a man-made day. Easter is a man-made day. God did not make either one of those for us to celebrate them as such. Okay? Well, Easter was Passover. And that's what it's supposed to have been recognized for. The recognition of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Not run out and, and hide eggs and tell lies about an Easter bunny. Okay? Because that's what they are. Or tell fairy tales. Whichever way you want to look at it. It's not the truth according to God's word. And it should have never been mixed in with the greatest day that Christians have been given to recognize. And that's the resurrection of God's son from the dead. We should have never mixed that stuff in with it. And so, yes, we do. We have made an idol out of Easter we have made an idol out of Christmas. Because look how much money you spend on Christmas. Some of us go in debt. But how much of that same money are you willing to give to the church and honoring God's son? So, okay, this Christmas, instead of buying gifts, let's give it to Jesus so that he can further his kingdom. And you tell every child, say, okay, here's a piece of money for you. Here's a piece of money for you. Here's a piece of money for you. 
honor God's son and then give it to him. What will happen to that child? What would that child do? That child would do what? Sir? You'll learn how to honor God. But at first, what would the child do? Ma'am? Throw a fit. Cry. What would you, the adult, do if the husband walk up to you instead of buying you, let's say, $500 pair of earrings? <laughs> and, and I'm just being honest with you. I bought Belinda gold earrings and a necklace. What if I took that money and walked up to her, wrapped it up and said, sweetie, here's your gift for Jesus? She's going, what? Here's your gift. Because the wife man gave Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All right, take the gold earrings now, darling, wrap them up because it's gold. Give it to Jesus. What about taking your best uh, perfume, Chrissy? Wrapping it up and say, here, frankincense. Give it to Jesus. And what about you, Miss Vicky, your greatest lotion? Garment. Okay, the bomb. B A L M, right, Emma? Mm-hmm. And. Wrap it up, the most expensive one. Myrrh. And say, here you go, Jesus. This is for you. Any of us done this. Not only will our family think we're crazy, we'll think we're crazy, and the world will think we're crazy. Okay. And y'all thinking I'm crazy for telling you this. No. But I'm speaking truth to you. No, I'm just joking about you. You may think I'm too crazy. But I'm, am I not telling you true? Yes. You know, well, people don't like to come to classes because they're going to know the truth. And the truth at times, and all the time, will require you to change your life to match it. If you don't, then you're not Jesus. Because Jesus is the God of truth. Because that's what John wrote about him. He said Moses came with the law, but Jesus Christ came with what? Grace and truth. So, then how much different are we than Corinthians? Uh, let's just leave those two days alone. Set them aside. Who's your favorite basketball player? I don't know. Who's your favorite hockey? Who's your favorite football player? A race car driver? What's your favorite truck or car? Convertible. What's your favorite outfit? A convertible. And what's your favorite cell phone? It's social media. And we can put all kinds of names on these idols that we really give more time to than the one true God. Zor, honey, will you do something for me? Will you look on my Bible and bring me that little brown book? I want to share a personal note with everyone. And I'm going to give you a glimpse into my personal life. this here it is and you'll find out things about me 
going to shock you. But when you do, look in the mirror. No one's perfect. I'm not perfect. But I want to share something with you. No one. As we close out this lesson, because it's a very short chapter. several passages on this particular day November 29th I made a note down here on something Lord Jesus Jeremiah did not have you like we do today Yet, we trusted you, Father. So I'm writing down different passages. And here's a list of things that I asked the Holy Ghost to help me with. And I want you to tell me, where did you see an idol? Seek God early, daily. Read and trust His Word. Talk to Lord Jesus throughout the day. Walk daily for 45 minutes. Drink eight glasses of water daily. Stop the sugar and processed foods. Take vitamins and supplements. Walk and talk with Holy Spirit. Limit self to less time on Facebook and TV. Meditate on God's Word. Expect God to bring about a change in me spiritually and physically. Or physical health, I wrote. And then I quoted a portion of First Corinthians three six. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Why do you think I made that list? Any of you? For a relationship. For what? A relationship. For a relationship, okay. Because the that would be what would keep your body strong, your part in in your own health and well-being and mental spiritual growth for your life. Okay. Miss Marie. I don't know because I, I talk to God all every day, every morning, every day I talk to Him. So I well, can't. I don't. Know. Well, I think you. Let me let me give it to you again. I really do. I talk to him all the time. Notice 
It didn't say that I didn't talk to God. To seek God early, daily. Every morning. I say it the Our Father all the time. Consistency? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I want to live a life of discipline and worshiping God. Discipline, yeah. And you know what? This was written a month ago, right? God has brought it to pass. I've been awake since four something this morning. Because I was prostrated before God early this morning. Read and trust his word. I read the word of God every day. Talk to Lord Jesus throughout the day. I'm not just talking about prayer early in the mornings. I'm talking about this is my Lord. This is my Father in Heaven. I want to be talking to Him throughout the day. Yes, like your children come to you and say, Hey, Dad. Hey, Mom. That's what I want. He's your Father. Yes. He has brought that to pass. The walking part, I got my watch on. And today, I don't know if I've done as good, but I walked 2,725 steps already. That's a bad day. Because I usually walk around eight, nine, or 10,000. That's close to five miles. So you've been doing more research. And drinking glasses of water and eating less sugar and processed food, I want to be healthy for the Lord. And taking vitamins. But the crucial ones, walk and talk with the Holy Spirit. Because before the Lord Jesus Christ saved us, we were busy talking worldly stuff with our friends and emailing and even before emails come out, you remember the brick phones? Because some of y'all are too young. I do, yeah. Can you do and you do. Okay, we're on those brick phones. <laughs> not, not that far back, keep us off it. <laughs> but are you getting this? Yeah. That in order to get the full benefit of growing in Christ, you have to have seen your life like the Corinthians. Instead of just pointing fingers and saying, boy, there was some messed up folks. And so were you. So was I. Okay? So was Emma. And God is growing us all by His grace through His Lord, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's finish up. We'll close this on out. So verse 9. But take... Right on time, Emma. But take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. Uh, And that's very important because that word stumbling block means to cause somebody to sin. You know, I got the freedom. I can do whatever I want to. I'm going to tell you that you know what a Twix is, right? To be caught between what? Oh, I thought you were talking about the candy. No, to be caught between two two things, right? 
I still want to be up on a church governing body. But at the same time, I, I enjoy the freedom of not to worry about anybody saying, why did you do that? But do know I do have the authority. Right. Okay. So one of you come and say, Pastor, can we do this? And I'm like, hmm, let's see. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's do it. And then the church association said, why did witness of Christ do this? That's not according to church doctrine. Okay, we'll take your church doctrine and stick it somewhere. Because <laughs> it's in accordance with God's word. So I, I, I enjoy that freedom. But I still want a pall over me. Uh, am I making sense to you? I still want a John over me. Say, Sammy, come report in. How's it going down there? Well, we're doing this and that. Okay, good. To God be the glory, but back off of this part. Focus more on this. As the Holy Ghost has just told us to do. I still want that. These folks got it. Verse 10, for if someone sees you who have knowledge, dining, dining in an idol temple, will not his conscience, if he is weak, be strengthened to eat things, sacrificed to idols? We, we talked about that a little bit already, so I'm not going to really hammer it anymore. But be careful what you do where you go what you watch every movie that come over to the priest it's not for you and me even some say it's just a movie what are you supposed to be doing up here yeah somebody been reading Thessalonians Okay? That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're just about finished. Five minutes. For through your knowledge, he who is weak is ruined. The brother for whose sake Christ died. And so by sinning against the brother and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Uh oh. Vicariously, you sin against Christ by your actions. To you, you're doing okay. If you sit in the temple and eat meat that was offered to idols, knowing that you're not going to go back into idol worship. But a younger sister or younger brother may not know what's going on in you up here and doesn't know your strength from the Lord by the Holy Ghost. They say, oh, okay, I'm going to do it too. And then next thing you know, they darken behind the curtain to another room. Known as a red light district <laughs> in the temple. Ladies, you know what red light district is? That's a whorehouse. Prostitution. So, you just call that brother or sister to sin. 
You say, well, I didn't do anything. Your very presence did. Because it influenced that weaker Christian. Now, how would it look to you if I got in my car and I played Rick James, Mary Jane? How many of y'all know what Mary Jane is? He was singing about. What is it, Zor? Marijuana. Yeah, marijuana. Marijuana. Yeah, and so a lot of us didn't think that Rick Jane was talking about. <laughs> no, we were just. <laughs> a lot of things we didn't know. Okay. There's a lot of subliminal songs from back in the day. Yeah. Totally. Yes, ma'am. Um, if you work for a Baptist church, like a teacher in a school, they don't even want to see you going to a movie theater because some of those movies are not proper and the parishioners could see you going into the theater, not knowing which movie you're going to see. Mm-hmm. Is that... Uh, Sometimes you can restrict people's lives too much and cause them to stumble too. Because you can, if you go back to, for example, Romans chapter six, and, and matter of fact, in chapter seven, he says that I didn't know sin until the law came. He said, when the law came, I died. He also explained in that, that the more I concentrated on the law of not put, you know, committing a particular sin, the more my flesh wanted to. Yes. He said, then was the law, he said, then was the law bad? He said, certainly not. But I am. So the more I said, well, Lord, I'm not going to lust after her. Jesus gave me strength. And after a while, what happened? But that's a fine mama right there. There it is. But if you give your mind over to the Holy Ghost and don't even think about doing it at all, don't even think about resisting it, just turn it over to the Lord. He will help you. And that's what I'm learning to do in my walk with a lot of things with the Lord. I found out now, if I don't even think about it, just put my mind on Christ, those things don't even come to me. You just have to find find some kind of a balance. He is the balance. The Holy Spirit has never lost a person. Not one. He's never allowed a person to trip. That he was holding up. It's just not going to happen. We trip when we give in and we don't listen. All right. So the last part in verse 12, that's what it's all about. This whole chapter right here has been about, you really think you're something? Your actions just cause you to sin against God. But I didn't do anything. You heard people say that, right? I didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah, you're right. 
you didn't, I didn't tell him to go do that. No, no, you didn't. But you set it up by your presence. You set it up by your presence. Okay. So what is our struggle? Talking about struggle. When you think about something that's not right and say, oh, I won't do that again because it's not right. You're talking to yourself, right? Or you can say, Lord, help me with this because I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. And you're dealing with the same thing with a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So when you put God, you will overcome it. But when you talk yourself, you'll be doing that the rest of your life and still have the same problem. That's right. Because remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Lord Jesus came back and found the disciples sleeping, do you recall his statement to them? But the body being weak. Watch uh-huh. and that you enter not why he said because your flesh is what weak that means up here he wasn't talking about this he was talking about this the mind that's weak but your spirit your inner man is willing to do what's right but if the flesh is overpowering the spirit man, spirit man can't help but to do what? Follow suit. Because you're really one. And that's why Paul says in his next letter to the Corinthians in chapter 7, he says, after having these hopes, and he explained to you in chapter 6 what those hopes are, in verse 1, chapter 7, verse 1, he says, let us cleanse ourselves from all filth of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We can't do it by ourselves, but we can certainly, we can mess up by ourselves, can't we? All right. Therefore, if food caused my brother to stumble or sin, I would never eat meat again. So that I would not cause my brother to stumble or to sin. So, if if we are mindful of this every day, we'll watch what we say and do, won't we? We even watch how we dress, what we spend our money on what we say on Facebook. There's been a couple of times I leased out on Facebook say, idiot. How many people around the world read that coming from me? And questioned my testimony in the Lord Jesus Christ, right, Mr. David? He called himself a Christian. He just called somebody an idiot. Well, I mean, Apostle Paul did too. <laughs> read most of his letters and I would not have that you be what? Ignorant. Okay. I'm being a little far-fetched on that one, but. (laughs) Any questions? Did you see how your sheets were constructed? Were they hard to follow tonight? You ready to go home, Mr. David?
Okay, I'm not going to let her go. <laughs> All right. Anyway, your greatest uh, learning will come when you go back and you talk to the Lord about these things. And he'll reveal to you by the Spirit what, what's affect you. I promise you he will. If you belong to him, I guarantee the Holy Ghost, he, he's going to teach you. And it may not be what you want. It's going to teach you. Amen? All right. Jesus is? Jesus is? Jesus is? Come on, Jesus is? Jesus is what? Come on, y'all. Bashful Jesus is what? Lord. Come on, let the world know Jesus is Lord. And he's the son of who? He's the son of who? Come on, don't be bashful. He's the son of who? God. The one and only living God. And to his name be all the glory. Amen. Fantastic. That was your closing prayer. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.